Welcome to part two of the Queer Eye fanfiction block of Saga. Suck my fanfic. It's the second and final part of the trilogy. Uh Uh-huh. That fans have long been waiting for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The Deathly Hallows part two to our... Definitely Hallows Part 1, I guess. Uh, the Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. to Avengers Infinity War and the 20 movies before it. The satisfying conclusion to the ultimate cliffhanger. To the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. Mm-hmm. Do you know that they just said that the Avengers Endgame is the final movie in the Infinity Saga. Oh, that That's what they're cool. calling it, the Infinity. Infinity Saga. Because it went on forever. The first 22 movies of the mm-hmm. MCU are the Infinity Saga. It's a definitive end and emotional end. That's a quote from whomever. <laughs> uh, to the 22 movie saga, the Infinity Saga. But this isn't this isn't this is not a promotional ad. For no, Avengers. I don't no. really like the MCU. We're so. here to read fan fiction, and, fan I, fiction. and I understand you have a, you have an opening topic. For I have us a quick today. opener. So in part one, mm-hmm. we just gushed on how great we were. Yes, or how great we are. Yeah, it's not in the past; it's in the present, mm-hmm. future, all time. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like The Rock. He was the king of Westeros, mm-hmm. past, present, and future. We're the best fan fiction podcast of all time. Right, and the ratings. Past, it present, doesn't future. matter. What the ratings? It doesn't are. matter yeah. what the ratings are, the listens are. Yeah. Objectively, it's us. It just is. It is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, and it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. And Cersei is the queen. Yes. Yes. That's actually a spoiler for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. She she takes the Iron Throne at the end. Mm. I know plenty of people that would love that, which is weird. However, I do have a great opening topic. Now, one of our dreams, plans, whatever you want to call it. For this fanfic, this endeavor, this fanfic podcast Mm -hmm. is to, I would say, start a community of fanfic appreciators, listeners, writers, readers, all of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether you're passively involved with a fanfic or you're heavy into it. Yeah. Or you've just never been a part of it and then piques your interest. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Everybody's welcome. I'll say that to start off. Except for you, Greg. Yeah, honestly, dude, stop. Stop listening right now. Yeah, you've been trying way too hard. But we wanted to start a, uh, I guess a community would be Mm -hmm. the best way to put it. So Ryan doesn't actually know what this opening topic is. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping this surprises him as much as it surprises you, the listener. Let me get geared up for a huge reaction. You want to guess what it is before I throw it out there? We are going to do live stage productions of fan fiction. All right. If we have the funding, that's happening. There's no doubt about it. That's happening. How about just like poetic readings where we wear all black and sit in a and dusty coffee shop? Snap. Yeah. SpongeBob and Bill Clinton, two uh, diametrically opposed <laughs> entities together. I can't. I can. I can't. I can. voice. Okay. What are we doing? I personally, through our Gmail, suckmyfanfic at gmail.com, mm-hmm. reached out to the author of These Powerless Little Bones. Yeah, okay. Dirge Without Music. And she responded. Wow. And she's very nice. This is the, the Drabble, the Harry Potter Drabble yes, that we read. the Harry po- Potter Drabble, which in my opinion still stands as the best fanfic that we have read so far. Mm-hmm. It's a sterling example of what fanfiction can be. Absolutely. So I reached out to Dirge Without Music. She's very, very nice. Mm-hmm. I suggest everybody go find her on Archive of Our Own, read some of her stuff. Mm-hmm. And I sent her a list of questions, and I figured there was going to be too many. It was going to be overwhelming, and she was going to say, "This, uh, <laughs> these guys are weird. I'm not going to respond. However... That's usually how my interaction with people <laughs> yeah, goes. Yeah. Those are all my interactions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, she responded. Oh. And so I figured I would read uh, our little exchange real quick with our questions, our email interview. So Mm. first question I asked was, what inspired you to write your piece? And she said the particular piece was a response to one of J.K. Rowling's canon bits of trivia, specifically that the furthest a squid pretending to be magical had ever gotten was to the sorting hat. After that, the hat always susses them out and sends them home. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. Parentheses. I've got some thoughts on squibs in general. (laughs) End parentheses. So I wrote a short piece on a story I liked better. Perfect. And then she said, I, I generally write either character focuses on side or undeveloped or undeveloped characters. 
Example, I have an HP series, a Lord of the Rings, and an MCU series, each fleshing out the backgrounds in emotional landscapes of various side characters of the franchises. Oh, I gotta check out that Lord of the Rings one. Yeah, or... Uh, quote, for want of a nail, AUs, where I outline alternate universe versions of a canon. For example, my, quote, Boy with a Scar, end quote, series is a collection of Harry Potter AUs, including What If Harry Potter, What If Harry Got Sorted Slytherin? Mm. What If Ron Weasley Was the Chosen One? What If Severus Snape Sucked Less? (laughs) What If Dudley Dursley Got a Hogwarts Letter Too? And what if Harry was a girl, etc. Mm-hmm. So that was her answer to the first question. Second one, I said, have you written any other Harry Potter fanfic? Yes. If you go to my author page on Archive, our, Archive of Our Own, you can find my fan work sorted out by canon. I've written 33 HP fix, and I'm working on another one right now. Wow. Yeah. Prolific. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. We have plenty of Dirge Without Music Harry Potter fan oh, fix I'm, to dive I'm into. Excited. I'm super yeah. excited. I really am. I'm wow. not going to lie. This is genuine excitement. That's I'm, great. I'm very interested to see what else she has put out. That's, fan, that's fantastic. I said, have you written about any other fandoms? She said, that's also available on my archive of our own page. Mm-hmm. I've written for a She's getting a little annoyed, Alex. She, she yeah, answered it in the first question. I know. I know. I've written for a variety of fandoms, but I am most known for my HP, Tamora, Pierce, and Narnia fix. Now, we haven't touched on Narnia in this this podcast, but mm. I actually love the Chronicles of Narnia. Do you? I really do. I was obsessed with them at one point. What was your favorite one? Uh, I really like Magician's the Nephew. Magician's Nephew? The I opener, really like, the first yeah, one, right? But it, I mean, it wasn't solid. written first. It wasn't. It's just chronologically if first. I'm, uh, if I remember correctly, it was written last, wasn't it? Mm, I'm not sure. Perhaps either that or Horse and His Boy. Which yeah, I Horse thought that is, one was I like kinda, Horse and His really, Boy. I thought yeah. it was kind of dry. It's a. It is. Well, they're in the desert, so it's dry. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that one's very like like meandering and wandering. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my fourth question: What would you say that writing fanfic has, uh, or would you say that writing fanfic has helped you as a writer? Which is a pretty legitimate question because we've been kind of discussing that. One word answer. No. Next question. <laughs> I actually was writing original novels for about eight years before I tried out fan fiction. So it was really the other way around back then. My novels helped me make a good fanfic author. But continuing to work on fanfic has been a great whetstone for my original... That's a... What? She is an amazing author. That's what I'm author. saying. You're like literally oh a great whetstone. <laughs> That's incredible. She is a word Thank you. You're honest, I'm not... This is sincere. Thank you. Like, yeah. that's just great whetstone. I read that and I was like, that's so good. Okay. But, <laughs> but continuing to work on fanfic has been a great whetstone for my original prose as well, as well as giving myself confidence and permission to be more experimental and non-traditional in my original work. Fanfic encourages you to write the stories you want to read, not the stories you think you should write. Well, well, well fan fiction, you should just go oh, out and okay, write your George. own characters. Okay, George. Thank you, George R. R. Martin. But just, I want to I want to say that again. I thought, I thought that was a great quote. Fanfic encourages you to write the stories you want to read, not the stories you think you should write. So, hmm. have you ever tried to write anything extensively long that no. was of your own fruition? I have not. No. Okay. No. So I did National Novel Writing Month in November. Mm-hmm. So I wrote fifty thousand, uh, a little bit more than fifty thousand words in a month, mm-hmm. which can kill a person. That's a lot. Yeah. And that's the first big uh, writing endeavor I've ever taken on like that. I've only ever written short stories or poems before that, or scripts. Never fifty thousand words of a novel, and. I got so caught up in my head with writing something the way I think it should be. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand what she means by that. What do you explain that? What do you mean? So especially, I feel like everybody who is creative or loves writing has that novel in their head that they know could be a bestseller. They have the plot, like every intricate detail or just... Yeah, it depends on who you are, actually. So uh, I have come to learn that there are planners and there are pantsers. So I am a pantser. That means you're a bully who takes kids' pants and pulls it down around their ankles? When I was younger, for sure. Uh, If I did that now, I'd probably go to jail. So I don't do that anymore. Good. (laughs) You should have gone to jail back then. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Uh, A pantser is writing uh, by the seam of their pants? Is that the the way? Seat of their pants? Seam of their pants? I think it's seam. Like flying by the seat of your pants? 
Sure, that's it. I've always heard that. You're just kind of making it up as you go along. Yeah, so you have you have an outline. You have a pretty good idea of what you're doing, but you don't have everything planned out. Right. A planner is pretty self-explanatory. So I feel like a planner could get pretty lost in planning out the minutia and never actually Absolutely. executing it. So there's, there's pros and cons for both. Because mm-hmm. a planner will there's sit pros, there. There's pros and cons. Okay. The, a planner will sit there and really re- – don't keep making the, the I made a funny joke face laugh at it at me. <laughs> Fuck you. A planner will sit there and get so bogged down with the things that they've, you know, bulleted out, sure, sure. written out, that they it might actually inhibit them for writing. Yeah. A pantser can get distracted, go off on a tangent and realize, what am I even doing anymore? This isn't what I wanted to do. So, like I said, pros and cons for both. So, I, I don't know. I thought that quote was pretty good so because she's, you're... She's talking about, she, like, getting back to the original meaning of the writing, something yes. that you would want to read. Exactly. So, not, like, having to conform to some structure or something. Yeah, that, and it's not something that you think you need to write. It's uh-huh. something that you want to read. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting way to go about writing your own work mm-hmm. because uh, you're writing a novel, and it is a reflection of you, but if you're trying to sell it, it needs to be commercial. Yeah. It needs to be liked by other people. You gotta have dabbing in it. You gotta, it, you gotta, gotta have, have avocados in it. Yep. It's gotta have avocado toast. Mm-hmm. It's gotta have not ever owning property or gold. Your social media has oh, to be like criticized yeah, Absolutely, in it. You gotta yeah. sell to the kids. Yes. There's gotta be like an outsider who all of a sudden is like a really special, important, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. head of a prophecy or something, yeah. and then they make a group of friends who are also outsiders and they save the world my my favorite stereotype from uh growing up with like high school tv shows was that uh emotionally torn dude that always wore the leather jacket to school you mean james franco from freaks and geeks yeah yeah (laughs) i wish i was that in high school instead i was uh jason seagull his character which is infinitely times i was um i was cookie from ned's declassified school (laughs) Okay, what else did what else did she have to say? Uh, question five: How many original stories have you written? I have seven self-published novels. Whoa! At e j a d l o m a x dot com. So I'm good. I, I uh, this is a plug for you, Dirge, because I thought she was going to say at e l james. I was like, did we Whoa! just meet the writer? Oh no, um, edgedelomax dot com. We'll tweet it. Yeah, we'll tweet it. Why and not? tumble it. Yeah, we'll tumble it. Tumble it. Tweet it. Whatever. That's two trilogies and one standalone novel. I'm also a staff writer for season two of Jessica Best's podcast, The Strange Case of Starship Iris, and I write a little poetry. Yeah. Do you often read a lot of other fanfic? Yes. Fanfic is great. There's a wealth of creative skill and unselfconscious prose out there, and I love it. I think you're just you're, you're putting them in, in compromising positions. Okay. George R. R. Martin is getting schooled yeah. right now. You just got got, George! Uh. You got ficked. We ficked you down. You just got a good ficking. He, he needs a good ficking. Yeah, he really does. If so, where do you typically read it from? Archive of Our Own is a wonderful, wonderful thing that fandom has built for itself, and I'm eternally grateful. Archives are so important. I also have a well-curated Tumblr feed where I follow a lot of writers I admire. What are your opinions about corporations owning franchises and making decisions for it? Eh, not a lawyer. That's the best answer. (laughs) Uh, Nine, for example, does Harry Potter belong to J.K. Rowling and and Warner Brothers or the fans? So this kind of gets into some of the stuff we've been talking about, especially with George R. Martin. The national discussion, the fire that we've sparked. Yes. The inferno that's now raging. That everyone's talking about. I just heard Jimmy Fallon steal it, of course. Did he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah whatever Mm-mm. well you know you've made it when jimmy fallon's ripping you off oh yeah absolutely it's mm-hmm. like uh the the joke i came up with that everybody took do you like fish sticks that was you <laughs> that was you you <laughs> came up so. with that joke that was actually a, a fourth grader named jimmy Vollmer. oh yes yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do you like do, do you like fish sticks yeah i love putting fish in. i am not a gay fish <laughs> that's a south park reference for those of you who don't know for example, does Harry Potter belong to J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers or the fans? So, I'm not sure if you know much about the history of fandom, but J.K.R. is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Fan fiction used to be a secretive sort of thing people got sued over. Look up Anne Rice and her dealings with fandom. J.K.R. And- oh, the, she's the author of Interview with a Vampire. Okay. Yeah, she was big, big time in like the 90s. Well, Dirge might have just inspired us to do a whole history of episode and really dive into it. Mm-hmm. Suck on that history podcast. We're going to parody you next. Ryan just got a really excited face. That's a good idea. 
JKR in the same way, she revolutionized kids lit and YA as a genre, revolutionized the way fandom was treated and allowed. She encouraged and allowed fan interaction with her work in both an archival, example the HP lexicon, and a creative derivative way, fanfic fan art. People hadn't done that before, or at least no one so influential had. Later on, Stephanie Meyer of Twilight fame tried a similar path. Whatever you want to say about her books, Meyer is massive and influential as well, and her interactions with fandom further cemented its validity and acceptability. It was a big deal. We've come a long way from surreptitious fanzines. Mm. I do think HP belongs to the people who own it. For instance, I don't make any money off of fic, and I don't think I ever should. But I love making fan works, and I'm glad I get to. Wow. In a non-legal sense, I think stories are created somewhere between the writer and the reader. You put the words down, but the reader reads them and brings them to life. That's beautiful. You both put things into the process. The final creation, unique to each reader and reading, is a thing you have when you meet somewhere in the middle. So emotionally, I feel a sort of ownership of Rolling Story, but that's a bit different than the question you've asked. Wow. That's extremely well put. Yeah. And that was all the questions I asked. Hmm. So I, I thought that was a great little exchange. Mm-hmm. Dirge, thank you. One of the nicest exchanges on the internet that you'll one find. Of the, one of the nicer ones, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but thank you. I think I think those are very insightful from someone who's writ, uh, written one of the better fics, uh, one of the best, yeah. perhaps the best fics, fic we've read so far. It seems far. to have a very mature relationship to fan fiction. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That so thank nice. you once again. Thanks, Dirge. Yes, we do appreciate it. Uh, you have let us fill some time on the podcast. Mm. So now we can just jump right into part two of the Queer Eye series. Yes. And if you guys like the Queer Eye series, we can do three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's all what you guys want. Yes. This is a a fan run, fan fic, Mm -hmm. fan podcast. For for the people. For the people, by the fans. By the fans, because I'm a fan. Yes. I think this is great, what we're doing out here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Where we left last week, again, was the Fab Five had made over Rubius Hagrid on the grounds of Hogwarts. Now, I will say, before we continue, thanks to Ryan, Uh I have watched one episode of Queer Eye. What'd you think? It was a TV show, for sure. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Bobby does all the heavy lifting. If you want to fight me on that, fight me. I don't care if he's your least favorite. Objectively, he does the most. Mm-hmm. I'll fight you on that, mm-hmm. okay? Now, I was told that Bobby does basically the same design to every house. I don't care. They all do the same <laughs> designs to everybody, <laughs> yes. okay? If you're really going to argue that, does Anthony put avocado in everything? There's an episode in the new season. He does. There's then an... fuck you. They all do the same thing. <laughs> but Anthony looks so good. There is an episode in the new season where they, like, you know, give the guy a haircut, give him new clothes, but he just bought a new house. So Bobby moves him out of his old house and decorates the entire new house, like all, like, five rooms and the garage and the basement, everything. That's heavy lifting. He I'm sorry. does it in three days. Listen, what's Karamo? Karamo. Karamo does a lot of work in that episode, too. I don't care. Helping him emotionally or culturally is not the same as redoing or decorating an entire house. It is hardcore, but I just want to say Karamo is a licensed therapist, and what's not shown is he does like a five-hour therapy session with them. Good. That's nice. But they don't want to – I mean, why do you want to show that? Also, it's like, you know, know, patient confidentiality. I get that. I I guess if I had to find a second one, Mm -hmm. the, the nutrition seems pretty important. Mm-hmm. You know, nutrition's pretty You're just big. falling into the thirst trap that is Anthony. I'm telling That's you. That's a thirst trap? <laughs> That's a thirst trap? <laughs> yeah, dude. Really? Uh, I think I think Tan also. Okay. I think Tan well, and Jonathan okay. are right um, there. You know, I'm not even going to preface this one with a no homo. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I know where I stand. Sure. Okay. Anthony, I believe, is probably objectively the most uh, good-looking one of the five. That's here. That's so I could understand how it's a thirst trap. Mm-hmm. That's my interpretation of it? That, 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 that's, that's, yeah, that's your take on it, yeah. I'm, I'm a, a, do you disagree? People, different people are attracted. Who do you to think? Then? I would say Anthony is probably okay, most attractive for me. Yeah, I would say that. Okay, it's not objective; it's subjective. Well, uh, if we're going to, uh, Karamo's a good-looking guy too. He is. I was going to say he would be second, mm-hmm. very close second mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And then I, Bobby, you do the heavy lifting. Are you about to rank all of them? <laughs> don't, don't rank them. <laughs> Who's number five? Just say it. Who's number five? We'll start the fic. Who's the last? Bobby, I'm sorry, oh, dude. You do the heavy lifting. Oh. I just talked about how great you were, but. Okay. <laughs> you know, but. Well, there you go. I think a lot of people just turned off the cast. 
I've heard a lot of people don't even like Bobby. Okay. That's ridiculous. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. Um, so this time, this isn't by the same author. Well, Tan's a pretty good looking guy too. He is. He yeah. is. He's got a great accent too. He dresses very well. Um, I'm not into, into the accent. Um, so in this episode of Queer Eye for the fictional character, guy, they go and they make over Sandor Clegane, the hound from Game of Thrones. Perfect. Perfect. Now in the books, does he also have a messed up face? Yes, he always, he always has a messed up face. Okay, just mm-hmm. making sure. And then they, they, they talk about that. Why does he have a messed up face? They talk about that. Oh, okay. They help him get through it. Okay. Okay. So at what point in the Game of Thrones series does this take place? So this actually is interesting. It takes place in an alternate universe where it's all the Game of Thrones characters. Okay. And, but they are just like living in London. So they all have the same personalities and characteristics, but they're living in the real world with the, with the, the members of the Fab Five. Well, I'm just going to say that if I'm going to be really critical, it, it seems uh, a little interesting to put them in modern day because a lot of their uh, objectives, a lot of their ambitions, mm-hmm. I would say shape their personalities. Sure. But I mean, it's just now in the sense of like a corporation as opposed to a kingdom. Uh, I've, I've heard that. Like uh, Joffrey is the CEO yeah. or something. He's like a hotshot young tech 20 okay. or something. Okay. So what would Clegane be? A corporate spy? I he, mean, what... I think he works like security, security? Or lobby or something, which is you know essentially what he does in the show. I mean, uh, I guess he's a security muscle, hired muscle. Yeah. Okay. I just, okay. Um, so and then um, so modern day London is modern day London. I All wish right. it was uh, like London Georgia. Because the other one uh, was what Dallas Georgia Dallas, was that Georgia. the first episode. Yeah. yeah, London Georgia. This is where it takes place. Okay, we're in London. <laughs> we're in London Georgia. <laughs> Wherever the you know the Big Ben clock tower is in London, Georgia, in the city in Georgia, the where London my, Georgia Eye, and there are all the things. Yeah. The city in Georgia that my grandfather is from. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess he's not. He wasn't born in that one, but that's where he was raised. Mm-hmm. They have a scale model of the Statue of Liberty made out of wood, and a scale model of the Liberty Bell also made out of wood. So. I think London, Georgia, very plausibly could have a scale hey, model of Big if, Ben. If you if you want to pro tip, if you want to travel the world, but you have a bit of a budget, just move to Georgia. It's all there. I have been to Scotland, Georgia, Milan, Georgia, and oh, a bunch of others. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a ton. So I've Georgia. been to Scotland and Milan. Just go to Georgia in the same day. And then when you take your Instagram pictures, you can tag the location as Milan, yeah. Paris, yeah. London, Rome, etc. All that glitters is gold, my mm-hmm. friend. All right, so. They start off, obviously, they're driving to meet the hero, and they're reading okay. off the oh, iPad. Oh, yeah, that's they're very iconic. Remember that okay. from the first episode. So we're off to South London to meet Sandor Clegane. Sandor has been nominated by his co-worker, Sansa. He's six foot seven. At this point, Anthony cuts in. He says, six foot seven, and he weighs 260 pounds. And then Jonathan says, he's a great big giant man. And then they all pass around call a picture. A woman. Jonathan, Jonathan refers to everyone as a female. So, <laughs> and then he passes around the uh, he passes around the photo, and then Tan says, "What's going on with his face?" But he says it very sweetly and sensitively. And then um, Anthony says, "Okay, so he had an accident as a kid, and it really damaged the skin on one side of his face." And the Fab Five croon sympathetically. So Aww. Sansa, his coworker, thinks he's always had a big hang up about it. And then they all nod earnestly and like look out the window. So. <laughs> They're all looking at the picture of him, and then uh, they go back to the car, and Anthony's reading more. He never cooks. He just eats microwave meal. Oh, that's not good. He's is a it, grown is it man. it chicken? Is he that what he eats? To, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He needs to be able to cook for himself. Nutrition is important. And then he says he works out, which Karma says, okay, that's good. And uh, Jonathan just expresses that he cannot wait to meet him. Anthony finishes the little blurb they have about him, saying, Sansa believes he just needs a little bit of care and attention to be a better man. And they all collectively awe. In this universe, is Sansa dating Joe Jonas and also in the soccer <laughs> music video? No, I think she just works at the corporation that this, the, the Hound works So at. those are also a Sophie Turner? Um, that's interesting. What are the implications? What's the butterfly effect of no Sophie I just Turner? want to make sure that the banging imagery of her in the soccer music video mm-hmm. is still in this universe. Because it needs to be. It, it might not be. That's why this is like an alternate dreary universe where that stuff doesn't <sighs> well, exist. Well, I'm not... I'm not down for that. I like that music video because, but okay. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I like that music video. No, un- unfortunately, it doesn't exist in this. Oh, video. yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, so then we cut to an interview with uh, Clegane. He says, "I don't know exactly why I'm doing this, but you know, whatever. My life can't be any more shite <laughs> than it already is." <laughs> if I make my comment, you're gonna stop reading it like that. What is it? <laughs> 
<laughs> you sound like a British Rick. Hey, all of my all of my voices are just versions of Rick. That's all I got. <laughs> Anything dark and gruffle for you is just Rick. I mean, that's that's what I'm working with. Uh, come on, Mountain. Uh, we gotta go slay some dragons. Pretty much. He, uh, <laughs> it, the good thing is he uh, he's not as verbose, so he doesn't really say a lot of words in this. So we won't we won't okay, have to worry good. about my terrible impressions. I don't think it was terrible. Um, I think your Rick impression was spot on. I appreciate it. Thank you. But the Morty was terrible. <laughs> nah, it was but fine. the Bill Clinton was solid. Bob, Bill Clinton I'm was sorry. Solid. What was his name? <laughs> Sizzum Slinton. Sizzum So then they find his place. Number seven, that's the one. The Cromwell parks the Fab Five leap out and take the steps to the basement studio flat. And then he just lives in the downstairs bit, just like the first episode that we watched together. He lives in the downstairs <laughs> downstairs area. Um, they pound on his door, and they're waiting. He's not showing up. And then um, the door opens, and Sandor, clad in the same black hoodie he always wears, peers out. He looks disheveled and knackered. A large, knackered? I don't know. Okay. A large, just kind of like dazed and confused. He looks knackered. Knackered. Yeah. A large black dog barges out, barking loudly, making Tan hide in the corner, and there is a kerfuffle while Sandor takes the dog out to the back. The Fab Five greet him with boundless enthusiasm and pile into the studio flat. The quintet generally, the quintet generally talk over each other and make loud exclamations about Sandor and the tiny flat. Karamo says, did we wake you? And Sandor says, aye, maybe. Karamo says, well, you're awake now. Hey, man, great to meet you. Goes in for a hug, and Sandor just, like, stands, like, stiff as a board. Very Me. awkward. Jonathan is stroking Sandor's face and says, oh, my God, look at you. And Sandor just says, Jesus. He says, you're like <laughs> a big, beautiful Yeti. I love. <laughs> and then Tan says, wow, you're so tall. I'm like a tiny mouse compared to you. Sandor looks nonplussed. And they're all just fawning over him, and he's just completely like a stone. He's like, Bobby says, this place is not just a mess. It is a hot mess. And then Sandor says, I guess. And then Nancy says, what do ladies say when they come over? What ladies? Do you ever bring ladies over here? No. Do you want to bring ladies over here? No. <laughs> Just completely shutting them down at all turns. Is Tan the one with the genius quote, um, fives, a tennis speaking? I don't know. I saw a gif of that on Twitter earlier. That's, that is amazing. <laughs> that's, that's a great... If that's Tan... It could be Tan. He's got a bit it, of me. It sounds like a Tan quote from uh -huh. what I know. So they start rifling through his closet. Jonathan finds a huge voluminous dress shirt and uh, puts it on, wears it as a dress, posing and pouting. Um, they're just rifling through everything. They find a uh, plastic sword in his closet. Nice homage to his life as a murderer in the Game of Thrones universe. That's a very clever author. Thank you. Um, Bobby takes him out to the... Um, uh, Bobby gets taken out to the backyard. And he says, well, your apartment's really small, but, you know, we could do something with this backyard. I want it to be a functional space for you. Does Bobby... Bobby had back issues, right, in the first yes. episode? He, he it must that. be because he's carrying the Fab Five <laughs> on his back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, is there something you'd prefer to be doing? Maybe something that would get you out of the space and it is somewhere bigger eventually? And Sandor Clegane mentions that he might be interested in owning his own business. And then he says, why? You know, his dad used to make it, so there might be an opportunity for him in London, Georgia, to do that. Make what? Wine. Wine. Own a vineyard. Something that he's interested in. I'm surprised he doesn't want to be like a dog breeder. Because <laughs> he's then, the hound. And then Bobby says, Well, speaking as someone who started their own interior design business, I can tell you it's hard, but there's nothing more satisfying than being your own boss. Which he brings up in a lot of episodes that he owns his own interior designing business. But he's also an actor, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. In a big corporation that is Netflix. He's a media personality. Okay. Um and then he says, we can talk about it. And then Jonathan comes prancing out and says, Bobby, where have you gone with my big grouchy bear? And Sandra says, Jesus Christ. And Once again, that's me. <laughs> and then Jonathan has him, has him in the bathroom. Sandor is standing, arms folded, looking wary and terrified. The bathroom is tiny. Jonathan says, so talk me through the hair. What do you mean? This, honey, this hair attack going on here. It's what it is. Okay, so how long have you had it like this? Since I was 20. Okay, sure, mm, and the beard, it comes and goes, but it's covering up your beautiful face. Aye, and why do you fucking think? <laughs> Jonathan says, so I can see you've got some scarring over here, and the beard's partly covering it up, but you know, in a way, it draws attention to it further because it's a little patchy, and he's like scrunching up his hair, and Sandor just flinches, he's very uncomfortable. 
And then he says, easy, tiger. It's just mommy. I, lo- I would love to know <laughs> what you look like mommy. underneath all this. Sleeping Beauty is hiding in there somewhere. We don't have to cut all of it, but we are going to do a little deforestation. You are going to look super handsome, like a big, beautiful daddy bear. And then Sandor says, taking a massive breath. <sighs> Jesus Christ. And they cut. He takes another deep breath and they cut away. I feel like if there was a like a radio play of this, the person who was playing Sandor would be like a character in a video game where they have to say the same thing a hundred different times. Yes. Like Well met. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ha 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 ha, ha. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Jonathan. Um then he goes into the kitchen with Anthony and Anthony's like, You just microwave all your chicken, you don't make anything and he says that fills a hole. And he says, but food should be more than that. Meals should be full of color and texture. Food that you want to eat and that you take pleasure in preparing. He is in, quote, blissful lecturer mode. And he says, there's no room for bloody blenders and shite. And then Anthony says, there's always room for a blender. I will make the room for a blender. I'm going to show you how to make some better breakfast shakes and make a simple two-course meal. Great ingredients, ingredients, something that's easy to prepare. And he just sighs and says, okay. So he's very, again, nonplussed about this whole thing. Karamo um, is sitting outside petting the dog. Sandor sits as far apart as he can at the other end of the deck (laughs) with his arms crossed. Karamo says, I hear that you sometimes can be a bit aggressive. I think people can be a little frightened of you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of them. I can see that you're a cool guy. You're letting us into your place. You've been welcoming. But I get the impression that you can take some things that are happening in here, puts his hand on his chest, and in here to his temple out on other people. Sandor shrugs and gives a noisy, confused sigh. Uh. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> You'll be performing the, the Foley work for this. <laughs> Karama says, I couldn't help but noticing that you didn't really want to be hugged back there. I don't do hugs. And why is that? Because I'm a grown man. And Karama says, even grown men need hugs once in a while. Sandor, not me. Karama. People don't like hugs. Sorry, dude. <laughs> My God, this guy has hang-ups. Intimacy issues coming out of every pore, and he was not opening up to me. This is what Karama says in his talking head. Has the Hound been intimate in the Game of Thrones before? He opens up. He goes on. A, he goes on. A, he gets like matched up with Arya. He's kind of like escorting her. I mean, has the Hound fucked in the Game of Thrones? <laughs> um, um, not to my knowledge. I'm sure he has. Oh, poor guy. But it's not been... He's not had a major love interest, to my knowledge. No. The hound can't find a bitch. <laughs> that was that, bad. That sounded like the creepiest Joker line that, <laughs> that they cut out of Dark Knight, because they're like, Heath is really going for it today. fuck, Heath? Whoa. Mm, the hound can't find a bitch? Exactly. Um, I wasn't being disrespectful to women. I was referring to a female. You were being dog. disrespectful to dogs. Dogs, bitches. <laughs> so Karama talks to him, trying to open up about the scar and the accident. Sandor says he does not want to talk about it, and then um, he says, "I think maybe you could talk about it." And then Sandor gives a noisy sigh and stares stonily at the opposite wall. Ugh. And Karama says, "Wow, he is one tough customer, but..." You know, I'm going to break through it. Betty will. So then everyone leaves. The camera cuts to Sandor. He takes a huge sigh and just says, fucking hell. (laughs) And then they cut to each one of the Fab Five and they explain their plan for Sandor. Anthony. Sandor has let himself go a little bit. He's a grown man. He needs to start cooking like one, looking after himself, eating well. I know he works out, but you've got to put good stuff in too. I want to see him making a few simple meals for himself and maybe even for a date. Cut to Karamo. This guy has issues. I mean serious issues. We haven't got to the bottom of everything yet, but I know we will. He's got to reach deep inside and face some truths and work out why he's lashing out so much. Then Bobby. He's living in a tiny place, and that's not good for the soul. I'm going to try and open out that yard, make it another space for him to use until he gets on his feet and can afford something a bit bigger. Tan. Sandor's been really well built. He's been slopping around in the gym gear for far too long. I can't wait to put him in a proper suit that fits him and some nice, smart, casual clothes and try and add a bit of personality in there. He's going to look great. And then Jonathan says, OMG, Sandor Cocaine is like a big, beautiful bear who's been hibernating for years and just needs to be brought out into the summer. We are his summer queens. I'm going to make him less grizzly, more teddy, but still all bear. <laughs> And he, he growls at the camera. Less grizzly, more Teddy. 
Fuck. Um, so then we, this is Tan. Tan's taking him out on the town. Tan is walking down the street with Sandor. Tan is in a delightful jungle print twin set, which is like kind of like a romp him, but it's way more tasteful. I really want to romp him. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could pull it off. I bet I could. Go for it, dude. It's all about the confidence you wear it with. Yeah, I'd say so. Let's get matching rompims for the show. <laughs> Can we get the? That's gonna be our first bit of merch. <laughs> Suck my fanfic rompims. Have you seen the? And rompers for everybody. Yeah. Have you seen the '90s uh, foam cups rompers? No. You know that foam cup design from the '90s? Yeah, oh yes, Teal? yes, yes. They have rompims with that design. That's actually kind of cool. I know. You could rock that. I know. Get everybody. <laughs> Moister than an oyster. <laughs> Moister in the cloister. Okay. Um, Sandor is wearing ill-fitting black jeans and a big faded black t-shirt. Tan says, so first of all, we're going to look at some casual clothes. Everyday wear for outside of the work environment. He's showing him a rack of shirts. He thinks he would look good in uh, printed bright t-shirts. Sandor says that's really fucking flouncy. And then Tan is unoffended. Is that but- a Game of Thrones way to say that sounds really fucking gay? <laughs> I guess that's what he says. It looks a bit flouncy. That's a little disrespectful, hound. Just saying. Hey, he's, he's, his eyes are going to be opened up. So he's in the changing room and he comes out. Sandor comes out in a very nicely fitted pair of trousers and a navy blue shirt with small gray and yellow details. He looks lovely. Tan says, oh, wow, you look incredible. How do you feel? Sandor says, okay, I guess. He says, come on, you have to do more than that. And he rolls up the sleeves on his shirt, which he does for everyone. You can roll these up if you want to be more casual, and then pop a t-shirt underneath. It's age-appropriate, it's stylish, it's smart, but also fun. Sandor sighs a huge breath. And then Tan says, why do you think Sansa nominated you for this? Sandor says, beats me. And she says, well, maybe you, you might, she might want to you know, see you elevate your game a little bit. And he says, that's pretty unfucking likely and then Tan says okay we'll see let's try on something else <laughs> so the the immovable force of the hound is being met with the insatiable you know positivity of the Fab Five and it's an interesting battle that's happening they are not faced they're gonna crack this nut alright real quick yes quick question yes if you could have one uh-huh. of the Fab Five to come and work their magic on you who would you pick ooh on me I would love to live in an awesome place so probably Bobby Bobby yeah Close second would be Tan. Really? To have really nice clothes. Okay. Because then I, I, I could have nice stuff and I wouldn't have to pay for it. That's a good point. But that, but the apartment is probably like... The living space would be Bobby for sure. Okay, so what if we're I not... probably need Karamo to oh, give okay. me therapy, yeah. but um, I'm going to go with Bobby, yeah. Because it sounds like you're just picking the best monetary value. I, I'm saying which one do you think you need the most? Which one do I... I, mm, do I need? Do you actively need I don't the most? need. I do not need Bobby, no. Um, I don't need Tan either. Um, You've been emula- emulating both of them. I've yeah. seen your apartment. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's very no, it's good. Thanks. It's nice. Um, then I would probably say Karamo. Let's get to the bottom yeah. of some issues. I would pick uh, Jonathan. Yeah. I would. Yeah, give you a nice cut. I have a messy, shaggy mop head of a Jufro <laughs> right now. And hey, for $250, he will cut it for you in real life. We can make it happen. IRL, we could do it. That's that's part of for the show. So, you know, your, your uh, Patreon contributions. Patreon, please come through. <laughs> we'll film Alex getting his hair cut by Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah. Put it on the, the but as, a, as an adult, I've only ever had uh, two actual haircut types. Oh, no. Buzz Honey. everything. Alex, no. No. It's a buzz everything. So mm-hmm. I just look like a bald-headed, almost bald-headed Nazi youth. <laughs> you just look really intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my eyes aren't blue or else it would be done for <laughs> with me. Bad look, yeah. um, or just like buzz the side, finger cut the tops. Yeah, so. I mean, that's pretty standard. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah. I feel like he could... Even if I rocked it once. He would make you look amazing, dude. He would. And then he would he would set you up so you could always do that. I, I appreciate the fact that he factors in facial shape. Because I have a blockheaded facial shape. He would make it look wonderful. It's a great shape. You just need you just need to yeah. accentuate That's the what I'm saying. Yeah. He yeah. And he would need great. to do something to make my nose not look like a beak. He would make your nose the crowning jewel of your face. That's that's gorgeous. He'll that's what it. I'd want. He'll do it. So I would I'd pick him. Reluctantly. I'd want Bobby. Bobby, you do the most work, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's amazing. He's incredible. You know, I'm not sorry. I'm speaking the truth. I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah, let it. Let your let your let your Bobby Burke flag fly. Um, so Karama <laughs> has a meeting with Sansa, trying to uh, Sansa um, trying to understand a little bit more about 
Sandor Clegane. Um, I won't go into it. He kind of just interviews her. There's some maybe flirtatious feelings between Sansa and the Hound. Oh, and um, is that canon? Um, I I think it's it's shipped by a lot of people. It's not canon. I don't know enough about Game of Thrones it's to shipped. understand that. Well, just as a quick aside, he. Um, he kind of has a tender moment with her where he helps her get out from under Joffrey's like iron rule. He's kind of looking out for her a little okay. bit. He has a soft spot for for girls and women. Is that more of a dad relationship? Then? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah, okay. Let's not let's not dive into <laughs> the 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 psyche of why people <laughs> ship different things. Um, I just I don't want to get into it too much, but um, Karamo. I, I just didn't know if it was one of those where it was like. You know, Neville Longbottom and Professor McGonagall. Whoa. What? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. Um, they just they just mentioned that Karamo is wearing a gold glittery jacket and looks, as usual, divine. <laughs> um, so they're talking, talking, talking. We cut back. Tan is still working with him. Um, he says, what I would love to see you in is a suit, which he does with everybody. What I love about a suit is that you can show loads of personality in really small touches. Pockets, handkerchief, the lining, blah, 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 blah. He's going to give him a deep burnished gold lining, which is a nod to his time as a gold cloak, which I think is kind of cool. Okay. And he says, so what do you think about a suit? And then Sandra says, I still have no fucking clue when I'm going to wear this. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. He says, every man should have one beautifully fitting suit in their wardrobe. And I promise you, it's going to make you feel amazing. And Jonathan says, who's now shown up, and I promise you, in a good suit, there will be ladies running down the street to jump your bones, and I will be one of them. <laughs> Sandor looks at the ceiling. <laughs> Let me cut to the next scene. Um, in this one, Bobby takes Sandor out, and he's, like, building a deck for him. And he's like, I want you, you look like you're good with your hands. So they work together to build the deck, and they, they, they talk. That's and nice. Have a good time. That's constructive. Which is also a call out to the episode where the hound is, like, a carpenter cutting wood for, like, this, like, kind of like church cult thing but um that's a good episode um we now cut to anthony and sandor strolling through the market anthony is wearing a talking heads t-shirt and the faintest smudge of eyeliner and looks glorious anthony says so what i love about these sort of places is the quality of the ingredients and sandor says it's all fucking expensive <laughs> and then anthony with handsome sincerity as he expertly handles an avocado says sure you don't have to get all your shopping list here but choosing a few really good ingredients maybe a cheese some herbs some great cuts of meat have you ever cooked a meal for a woman sandor says no they're all trying to push this idea it's like you need to like open up and meet somebody mm -hmm. um so anthony's trying to get him to like maybe invite a woman over and cook a meal for her sandor is very much against this idea but anthony closes with saying i'm gonna shop for two just in case with a wink you know, this whole time, I think they're not listening to him. <laughs> they, what if... They know what he needs. What if they're being... Presumptuous. They're forcing... Heteronormative right hmm. now. What if he's gay? <laughs> well, they know that Sansa's interested in him. And I think they could probably... Just by... When they mention Sansa, he like gets flustered. So they know. They have a feeling. They have yeah. great interpersonal skills. Well, uh, you know, I'm also speaking here. I have 0% gaydar, mm -hmm. and I'm very bad at telling that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're great. They probably are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they're probably great at that. I just assume they're good at most things. Yeah. So in order to get Sandor to open up, Karamo takes him to a gym, a boxing gym, and he gives him some gloves, and they're hitting the bag, and he's getting him to call out the things in his life that upset him while he throws punches. So he's saying, you know, like, I hate Joffrey. I hate Joffrey. Like, he's getting... Joffrey, of course, is the, the boy king in the, in the show. They have a contentious relationship. And it's, like, therapeutic because he's releasing his emotions, but he's doing it in an aggressive way that's constructive and helpful for him. Kurama has totally aced this guy. He's cracked it on. Nice. And then Sandor like starts with this outpour of emotion he says f the king f my dad and f my brother and then karamo does a floating head he says hold up here we are i have my ways and then they're sitting down they're like toweling off and then uh, karamo says so you're angry at your brother tell me about that isn't that a little manipulative he's getting him to open up okay He's got to get. I mean, he didn't uh, know this was right. going to happen. He's he's get, putting him in a space where he feels comfortable to open up. A you're right. Bit. You're right. Um, and then Sandor says, "My brother threw me in a campfire, and my dad covered it up. That's why my face is burnt." 
which is what actually happens in the show. Wow. His brother, the Mountain, which we've talked about in previous episodes. So what's the Mountain's motivation to throw him in the campfire? He is the most violent, devilish little child, and he's just... I think he took a toy that the Mountain was playing with, and he just, like, picked him up and threw him in the fire. Because he just feels no emotion. He's like a murdering machine, even at that young age. So it kind of helps his, like, legend. Ooh. And everyone talks about it, like, behind the hound's back, and it's like a whole thing. So he does have a lot of emotion wrapped up in in the show, but he doesn't have the Fab Five to help him deal with it. Now he's dealing. Now I'd like to see dropping the, the Queer Eye guys just the way they are yeah. into Game of Thrones. They would thrive. Jonathan would be the queen, <laughs> and then they would thrive. <laughs> Bobby's building the best castles. Oh, yeah. Tan would easily take over for Varys and just wear, like, amazing silks. He might go over to... Um, to, 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 the, to the eastern continent that I can't remember the name of right now and, and like be a silk trader or something. Yeah. He would I know the, the southern one is called Soitheros. No, it's not. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's called Soitheros or Sotheros. <laughs> that continent? I'm not familiar with it. I know uh, Dorne is the Southern Isles, but I don't know that, 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 that name. Um, Karamo says, Well, I've got to tell you, something we say a lot on this show is that you can make your own family. Family doesn't have to be blood ties. And if it doesn't work out for you, then you find the people who do have your back. I've got different families, my kids and all these crazy guys who were my brothers. Do you still see your brother? Sandra says, sometimes. He says, well, I don't know. There's a lot to be said for, for forgiveness, but I'm also a believer in cutting the negative energy out of your life. I think you need to build up your own family. Stay away from your brother for a while and work out a way to get out of this job that you hate so much. Sandor, exceptionally long pause as he stares out of the window. I. He agrees. <laughs> He agrees. He he realizes that he's been tricked into opening up, and he kind of shuts back down again. Um, Anthony's in the kitchen cooking with Sandor. He's cutting up kale. He says, it's good to have a base of kale, spinach, or something with lots of iron. I prefer kale. It's a little more substantial and fibrous. So if you could chop these up for me, rough is fine. Um, he's just chopping, chopping. They make a amazing uh, flaxseed and maca-powered uh protein fruit smoothie and it's amazing maca not matcha maca okay i was going to correct you but no something else entirely i'm the fool and they go with unsweet almond milk as well so it's tasting great and it's very good for him bobby comes in he tries it and he goes mm, oh wow that's good and he gives an orgasmic sigh Anthony looks back at Sandor and says, I want to hear you give me a nice orgasmic mmm. Smiles the smile of a renaissance saint and gives a cute shiver. Mmm, Bobby, encouraging him with an over-the-top sigh. Mm. Sandor looks at them both. No. Cuts to the next scene. <laughs> I figured it would just be mmm. <laughs> and then Jonathan has his floating head. He says, so everybody's been doing their transformations with Sandor, and I think he's coming along like a smushy, sad bear. But I feel like in this episode, my work is like going to turn this big, dark daddy around. It's grooming time. Anthony and Sandor are standing in front of a sparklingly clean kitchen counter. The entire kitchen is mahogany and steel. Anthony is sporting a well-tailored, short-sleeved, dark denim shirt and looks to die for uh, this is where he teaches him how to create a three-course meal for a special lady friend, which Sandor is very uncomfortable with, but he has conquered it. We get to the next scene, Karamo and Tan. I just like to include these scenes because they tell about what they're wearing, because they always have such great outfits on. So Karamo and Tan are walking down the bustling Brighton High Street and San with Sandor. Karamo is wearing a shimmering turquoise bomber jacket, and Tan is wearing expertly tailored jeans and a silver blazer. They both look astonishingly good. In the original queer eye mm -hmm. is there a therapist i don't know i don't think so there is a culture guy um but i don't know the culture one still doesn't make any sense to me, but okay <laughs> in the culture one it was like oh you sit on your couch and like eat potato chips all day let me take you to a museum or hey you like beer but you just drink you know like boring beer let me take you to a brewery and we can talk to the brewer and like learn about that like it's just whatever culture okay well that kind of makes sense that's all stuff karama does i don't know why i don't know what the other guy does but this is what karama does well you haven't told me that karama has done any of this you just told me he sits on his phone. <laughs> he does that too. <laughs> Karamo's an interesting character. He's very controversial. I love him, personally. What Karamo ends up doing is he takes him to this like wayward, like wayward kids, like horse farm where kids who are troubled can like work with horses and like work out their issues and okay. you know, take some responsibility and ownership of the animal. Dr. Phil's ranch. Dr. Phil's ranch. Okay. Um, and um, 
they meet Margie, and she says, Well, the horse club here is largely for disadvantaged young people in our community who would benefit from working with animals. We call it equine therapy. They learn to groom them, ride them, and generally look after them. This is our large horse, and we use him for our toughest customers. Which is who uh, Karamo says, Guess what? You're working with this guy today. So he's working with him. He eventually gets him to ride him, and they're like, Wow, like no one ever gets to ride the horse. He's a very gentle soul. Um, Sandor says... Uh, this is a good place for gang kids and that. Had no idea it was even here. And then Karama says, Yeah, I know it's not for adults. We got a special pass today. But I had a word with Margie back there. What do you think about volunteering? She says you've got potential, and I can really see you working with some of these tough kids. That's nice. And then Karama says, Yeah? And he says, Totally, man. And then Karama says, And a little equine therapy on the side wouldn't hurt for him. And his floating head. Just a great point. Sandor agrees. That might be something he's interested in doing. We now cut to a vineyard. Bobby and Jonathan are taking Sandor to a vineyard because he expressed some interest in maybe, you know, opening up his own business. Bobby and Jonathan are hugging Sandor, who allows them a little less reluctantly than the first time. Bobby is wearing a cap-sleeved black shirt, and Jonathan is wearing a long cardigan with his jeans and has his hair swept up in a scarf. They both look divine. So they're wine-tasting. They're learning a little bit more about what it takes to run a vineyard, um, things like that. It ends with Jonathan taking him off to their hair appointment. And he says, it's time for our date, Daddy Bear. And Bobby says, see you on the other side. And then Sandor says, Jesus Christ, and looks plaintively at the grapes. I'm going to put a preface at this Mm -hmm. to drink every time he says, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's a little bit much for him, but he's he's a a good sport. Um, So Jonathan says he's going to cut his hair. He says, now, I know you haven't set those big feet of yours in in even a barbershop for a long time, so I thought I would treat you to a real salon. Yay. Sandra says, aye, okay, I'm in your hands. Jonathan says, yes, you are, Daddy-o, and they're the safest cross my heart and hope to die in your arms' hands. (laughs) And then he says, okay, so I know that before we were talking about taking off just some of this angry lion's mane, but I've been thinking about it, and, you know, I would just love to be bold with this. Take it short. Short? Short, baby. How short? Shorty short. I don't know what that means. And then he just says, trust me. And he goes for it. Mommy knows best. (laughs) Sandra says, fuck it. Do it. (laughs) And he says, that's my brave little baby. There's several shots of Jonathan cutting Sandor's hand. Sandor has his eyes closed. um, And then Jonathan's locked in very serious. Snip, snip, snipping away. Jonathan turns Sandor around to face the mirror. Sandor now has short hair and a trim beard. He looks surprisingly gorgeous. Sandor gazes at himself for some time. Jonathan says, you're making mommy nervous. Sandor nods slowly at the mirror. It's... Aye. It's nice. You like? Aye. So I've kept a little bit length on top so you can play with it a bit, and I'll show you the products to use to give it some shape. And Sandor says, you can see a lot more of my face. And this is a good thing. Look at you. You are straight up, straight down, straight not straight gorgeous right now. And I'm getting all (laughs) smushy and shivery. Sandor turns his face to the side and is clearly looking at the more visible scarring. And then Jonathan, who is also into skincare, um, brings out, I have something else for you. Not only girls get to wear makeup. This is a really great matte foundation with a green tone. And you're just going to dab the teensy tiniest bit on just the calm to, on just your face to calm down the redness a bit. There's no point pretending your scars aren't there, because they are. And I say, be proud of them and just dress them up a little. Sandor gazes into the mirror for some time. Jonathan watches him with his hands on his own cheeks. Sandor, rather sweetly, thank you. I think he's cracked this nut. And then he gives him a big hug and smushes his cheeks together. He says, oh, that's a bit much now. And he backs him off. Jonathan says, my bad. <laughs> we now go to the reveal. So this is it. They're going to go it. back to the... He's gonna, Michael Jackson's This Is It. <laughs> the ultimate tour. Jonathan and Sandor get out of the car. Sandor is sporting his new haircut and beard trim. Jonathan is wearing a kimono over tight trousers and looks sensational. The remaining Fab Five are at Sandor's door waiting for them. So they open the door and Sandor looks around and says, Fucking hell. Sandor's main room has been transformed from a dingy hovel into a light, simple space with much more storage. Bobby talks him through what he's done. So he painted the walls this beautiful light gray, which is so much better than it was, but still looks quite mellow. There's lots of storage so you can put your stuff away. That's a hint, Sandor. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I got you one big L-shaped couch for slouching your big frame on. 
And then Jonathan hops onto it, lounging, and says, lounge with me, honey. Sandor refuses, obviously. Yeah. And then Jonathan says, come to Jonathan. She feels lonely. And then Sandor reluctantly sits on the couch. He says, aye, it's nice. The Fab Five are standing outside in Sandor's newly transformed yard. There is tons of decking, new plants, a seating area, and a barbecue. Fucking hell. So now this is a functional space, not just a place to let your dog out. So he's got this amazing new backyard to entertain guests. Okay. Um, they cut to uh, Sandor standing in his bathroom, which has now been sparkling, quote, sparklingly redone. And Jonathan is telling him about his five-minute grooming routine. Sandor is not interested in this at all. He talks about a gentle face wash with some uh, avocado and coconut oils to soften the skin um, and um, some foundation. He gives him the, the green foundation. And then Jonathan claims that he is your beautiful fairy godmother. So now we have the outfit reveals. Karamo, Anthony, Bobby, and Jonathan are in a big reclining pile on Sandor's sofa taking selfies. I need all the looks. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting all the looks. Here we go. <laughs> are you ready to see Sandor's first look? The Fab Four, because uh, Tan's talking to them, consent enthusiastically. Sandor comes out into the lounge wearing a mottled mid-gray smart casual polo shirt and some cool gray-blue trousers. He looks really good, even if he's standing a bit awkwardly. And then Karma says, oh my good lord, yes! Jonathan, you look amazing! Like, here's my jaw, and I'm scraping it off the ground and trying to fix it back, and it's just coming straight off again. And Bobby says, I can't look at anything but your arms. They talk about how his biceps are massive. And then Tan talks about how it's slimming his body. They're trying to get him to spin. He's not wanting to do it. They start chanting for him to spin. He gives a reluctant turn with his hands in his pockets, and they go bananas because he's actually trying to live a little. So now we have Sandor come out again, and he is wearing a dark blue linen suit and a royal blue t-shirt and looks to die for. They are over the moon with how great he looks, and they just pretty much applaud. So those are the looks. They got a smart casual one and then his, his, his linen suit. Nice. Um, so then they invite him to come down and sit on the couch with them. So they're all sitting around and having their ah, last-minute talk. Um, and Jonathan is stroking his upper arm. Karama says, so tell us, Sandor, how has this week been for you? I know we were a bit of shock for you at the beginning of the week. Sandor, aye, aye, you were a bit. Yeah, it's, it's been an eye-opener. I mean, I know I was in a bit of a rut, but I'm not sure I realized how much or if I cared, really. The Fab Five nod knowingly, sympathetically. I think you guys have made me see that I need to sort myself out a bit. I feel like I'm really starting to. And then Bobby says, that's great to hear. I know I've been pretty shite to some people when I could be letting my anger get out elsewhere. And then Karama says, like a punching bag. And he says, yes. And it's, it's been hard with my face and everything. He stops, shakes his head, almost choked up. The Fab Five exchange small glances and Antony wipes away a perfect tear. Sandor swallows, looks away. I've let it bother me for far too long. I mean, it's not going away. I've just got to get on with it. And then dares to glance at the Fab Five. They all give him these just like really knowing there for you nods. Tan says, as long as you're happy with yourself inside, then you can be happy on the outside. It's something we've all had to work on to in our own ways. They all say yes, yes. And they skip snaps. And then Sandor says, I'm going to jack in that fucking job. And they all say, yeah, because he's going to quit and he's going to become his own man now. I don't know what, I'm going to jack in that fucking job. <laughs> that means I'm going to quit? I guess. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to jack in that fucking job. It's not like he's going to shoot up the place. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe he will. He's, he's going to take a fucking guy. sword in there and start decapitating people? But he's going to look amazing while he does oh, it. Oh, he's going to look fabulous. <laughs> his mug shots are going to be phenomenal. Oh. Oh, fuck. You like know that, that super uh, attractive I was criminal? about to say that! He's like Instagram famous now. Yeah, no, he's a model. He's, he's a married model. to like some really rich woman, too. I believe it. Yeah. That's gonna be, that's what's gonna happen in this world. So we know what your, your criticism is. <laughs> Inappropriate use of the term Jack. <laughs> Jacking in that fucking job. Um, as they're leaving, Jonathan terms. He says, We love you in all your big, grumbly-ass ways because we always knew there was a beautiful softy deep down inside there waiting to bust out. They all stand and hug Sandor in term, and he lets them. Aww. They all leave. And um, before they leave, they give him, um, they say, Hey, you're having a dinner party tomorrow, by the way. We planned it. And he says, oh, no, like, who, 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 who's coming? And I said, we made a list. They gave him a list, and there's one name one on name. it. One <laughs> name? Yes, I knew it. What's the name? Who is it? Arya. Sansa. Fuck! 
<laughs> Close enough. Um, so then, like, at the end of every show, they all, like, sit down in their fabulous loft and they watch um, yeah. the, the hero yeah, kind of go out on their own. So Anthony is putting the finishing touches to some bulldog juleps in the kitchen. The other four are milling around, beginning to take their glasses. Anthony is wearing a silver jumper that says Paris on it. Bobby is wearing a distressed white t-shirt and a black velvet jacket. Tan is wearing a leopard print shirt, chinos, and loafers with no socks. Karamo is wearing a black sequined dinner jacket. Jonathan is wearing a hot pink cashmere jumper that says Queen with a K on it. And all five of them look phenomenal. Was any of that necessary to the story? I think, uh, that's again, that's one of my favorite parts of the story. Is how they just like, <laughs> they all were wearing these great clothes and they looked divine that's my hands down my favorite part about that's like story. a mary sue of fashion <laughs> like um and they're all they're all like he's getting ready for the dinner party and they're all like commenting he's picking out the blue shirt that tan he says i love this color on him and they're just like talking about how it's a great choice and he's doing well and he's making the pastries and he's banging out Kramer's like you know get those frustrations out um Sansa comes over they have a really nice conversation i don't want to um share their i don't want to spill the tea yeah. share their intimate details you can go read the fan fiction if you want Please that do. um but um eventually you know they have a uh, they have a nice evening and uh, he tells her that she's gonna quit she's like oh i guess i won't see you anymore and he says well you know I'd, I'd like to still see you quite a bit and she says oh my god i'd like that too <gasps> what yeah oh my god and then they all and then it cuts and then anthony says i'm done i'm in pieces bobby says this is how you do it sandor karamo says sandor get, is gonna get laid tan says what a legend it's the perfect happy ending and they all say how proud he is of him and then bobby turns and says i feel our work here is done and then Jonathan says, if they don't ask us to be bridesmaids at their wedding, I'm going to throw some serious shade. They're going to get married and have beautiful big babies and are going to be the fa- and we're going to be the fab five fairy godfathers to every one of them. We love you, Sandy Bear. Blows a kiss at the plasma screen. Fab five hug and credits. If we took away social media from Jonathan, would he die? <laughs> would he? No, because crowds of people would naturally be mag- magnet- magnetically attracted to him. He's just, yeah. yes, queen, slay. He's just all these these social media references. He, just... he, but he makes the references now. Now, when he says things, they become oh, cultural touchstones. He, creates he is now he's he, a creator. He is now Jonathan, a the great creator. <laughs> yes. of, he's a cultural icon. Okay, slay. Yeah. So um, I, I think this one did a really good job of of mimicking the structure of the show. It captured the voice of the characters really well and the outfits and the outfits they i mean that's all stuff Impeccable. that they would definitely wear yeah. they did a great job this author made up sandor clegane you know they figured out how to that make was him. a lot of stretching to get him in modern day for <laughs> sure no like that's that's creative that's good you're flexing your noodle yes quick question yes sir what's it called this is called what is the title queer eye sandor clegane edition and it was on archive of our own by swimming fox that's perfect mm-hmm do you have any criticisms? Um, ba, 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 ba. Sorry, Mr. Fox. Mrs. Fox. <laughs> the criticism I have... I mean, not really a lot. I would love to see this episode done. I would. I, I mean, I don't want to change the author. You know, I, I, if I'm going to think about, like, structurally things, there was literally no problems with spelling or punctuation. It was all on point. Thank you. It was perfect. Um, you know, I would have liked to see it been done in the Game of Thrones universe, but, you know, I'm not... That would have fundamentally change the whole story so i'm not yeah. gonna yeah. you know i'm not gonna say that that's a criticism mm-hmm. no i mean i i think i think it's good they gave bobby the appropriate amount of screen time which is none and that's um, inappropriate <laughs> bobby just needs his own show yeah he does um, they're gonna split up like one direction <laughs> but they're still gonna be friends because they're amazing people what did you what did you think of it any any positive take i thought it was good mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie to you i like part one more okay i like that story better that's fair. it's a bit more zany and off the wall this one's a lot more like <laughs> this is what they would be talking yeah about. for sure yeah. yeah talking about creamy avocado protein shakes with yes. maca powder yeah but i'm not gonna lie this was good so i'm not knocking you mr slash mrs fox swimming fox I, swimming fox i still thought it was good mm-hmm. uh, harry potter one was just i don't know <laughs> maybe i know more about harry potter which I do, mm-hmm. and it's still very little. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked it. Good yeah. times. Yeah, and I thought it was a nice big middle finger to you, George. George. Yeah, this, is, this is a straight <laughs> shot at George Martin. George R R R R. 
George, his real name is George Martin. He wrote a fan fiction about his name, George R.R. R. Martin. I hate you, George. George. But if you want to come on the show, we'd love to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, no, I would talk to you. And thanks for creating tomorrow. one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. I love you, George. Yeah, congrats. I mean, you're you know cultural icon at this point. He's the one actually setting culture, not Jonathan. That's true. I, well, yeah. I, would, I would say that Jonathan's creating culture at this point. He's really going out. He's, he's going out on his own. Okay. I mean, everyone, so. at, at this point with the internet, everything's so fragmented that you can't like say one thing and change it. The culture writ large. I guess George R. R. Martin is experiencing that, but there's plenty of people who don't watch Game of Thrones. That's true. Plenty of people who don't watch Queer Eye. I, up until about a year ago, was both of those people. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has changed you, man. I'm a better person now. <laughs> I think that's the end. What do you think? That's it. Okay. We'll look at that. I would like to thank everybody for joining us on another episode of Suck My Fanfic. I hope you have enjoyed our Queer Eye editions. If you would like more Queer Eye editions, please let us know. And we are you doing the Queer Eye theme? Fuck. Uh, if you would like more Queer Eye editions, please let us know. Mm-hmm. We will be happy to do. Ryan would be happy to do. And more. if you hated it, we'll never speak of this again. We if will you, uh, we'll shut it into a dusty cupboard and put it away, and we won't even have to. We'll pretend it never existed. Or we'll just start a Queer Eye podcast. Yeah, we'll do a branching podcast. Yeah. yeah. We have like 1,800 other podcasts, so mm-hmm. that'll just be another one. All under various pseudonyms. We could be the uh, the hosts of your favorite podcast. And you wouldn't know. I mean, I'm this is your very favorite. good at voice This modulators. is your favorite podcast. So yeah. Yeah, wait. Your what are you second saying? favorite podcast. What are you implying, bro? <laughs> if you like this... Please be sure to follow us on the tweeters, Mm -hmm. subscribe to us on whichever podcast media player you listen to. Mm -hmm, Because we're on a bunch of them. We're on a bunch of them. If you would like just a modicum bit extra uh, content, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We are on the YouTubes. We also have a Facebook. We also have a Tumblr. It's all suck my fanfic. Mm -hmm. None of it is different. If you want to write us a letter... Suckmyfanfic at gmail.com. We've been talking to authors. Okay. Yeah. So great. you would be in a great group of people mm-hmm. at that point. You would you would join a hall of legends. A hall of, of legends. Those who have written into yes. the show. Yes. Filled with whetstones. Turge with no music. Another shout out. Without music. Without music. <laughs> you can cut that You out. got close <laughs> enough. It's okay. Thank you once again for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And anything to remember, Ryan? Go out there, get a pop of color in your life, and treat yourself the way you deserve to be treated, which is as a queen. Remember that Mama Bear is there to take you into her arms. Yes. Yes. She loves you. (laughs) Fuck you.